Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. With your host, Steve Garrett, moderator of the world's largest Corvette website, CorvetteForum.com. MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest. President of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri. And radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and more. And you can also listen on your smart device as well. Just say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's CorvetteTodayPodcast.com. You can also sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at CorvetteToday.ck.page. I'd like to thank our flagship sponsor of Corvette Today, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Hendrick is the largest seller of Corvettes in the Kansas City area, and they ship nationwide. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. That's 913-384-1550. I have a very special guest with me today. I am honored to have Dr. Sean Preston, the president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum, with me today. Sean, welcome to Corvette Today. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Sean, talk to me about how you got there, because you were working in Portland, Oregon, when the job for the National Corvette Museum opened up. How did that process go, and how did they come after you, and how did you get your name into the hat for this job at the National Corvette Museum? It's a pretty neat story, actually. We were in Portland only for a short amount of time. In fact, before that, we were in China, where I was the president of a large international school, and it got to the point where we needed to get back to the States. I have two young children, and so we wanted to finish the work we started in China. I had about a year left, so we moved to the West Coast. Portland is much closer to Beijing than would be the South, where I'm obviously from, and it was during that year in Portland that we had made every conscious effort to get ourselves back to our southern roots. I was born in Georgia, attended the University of Georgia. We have a house and lived part of our life in North Carolina. I lived in Louisiana, so we were primarily in the southern states. And so when a position in the south opened up that we were attracted to, we certainly applied. Well, my father-in-law is actually the Corvette fanatic in the family. He got me more into Corvette over the past 12, 13 years. He called me and said, have you seen this posting at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky? And I said, no, I had no idea they were looking for somebody. It was pretty late in the search. I think they already had several rounds of people coming in and, and having conversations, at least with the consultant anyway. And I applied, and the same day that I applied, I got a call from the consultant, and she just seemed to think that we were an initial match made in heaven, and from there, the story goes on and ended up landing this amazing position. What a great story, Sean. That's fantastic. Now, your background is in education. How is this going to help you with your work history, help to shape the future of the National Corvette Museum? Well, education is my main focus, and certainly the focus, uh, focal point of many, many museums across the country, and certainly alive and well here. I do feel that when I came on board a little bit more than a year ago, 
that there was a lot of opportunity to tell a deeper story about not just the cars in the collection, but the engineering that goes into the vehicles, the design, certainly the history, the challengers of Corvette, the Ford Thunderbird, the MG, certainly more modern competitors, if you will. All those tell this incredibly rich story of what I consider and most consider the most iconic sports car, I think, in the entire world. But there's been no break in production since 1953. And we own the, the only 1983. We can say clearly that there's been no break in production since the beginning of this car's life span, 1953. So that's my job, to curate the entire T, rather, of what it is to be a Corvette, whether you're an enthusiast, whether you have one Corvette, 10 Corvettes, whether you have a brand new C8 or you're still driving your C3 like I do. That's what our job is here. And adding the educational component is incredibly important. You know, one quick note to highlight that we are very committed to installing interactive technology in all of our exhibits as we build new ones. We've built three of them, by the way, which I'm sure we'll get to later today and refreshing exhibits. So as you come to the museum now, since we've opened on June 8th, you have a lot more interactivity as you make your way through the museum. That's awesome. Now, you touched on this for just a little bit, Sean, but let's get into it a little bit more. You're a car guy. You're a Corvette guy. Tell us a little bit about what you own, and you said your father-in-law actually kind of tipped you off about this job. So give us a whole Preston background as to who are the car people in your family, and how does Corvette play a big part into your personal life? Absolutely. Well, my father certainly, as many fathers do with their young children, buy a lot of matchbox cars and Hot Wheels cars and model cars growing up. I do the same for my almost five-year-old son, so I can see how that was easy for my father to do growing up. So my attraction to cars began incredibly early. And then as I was able to acquire cars in my young life uh, and on now into, into my adult life, I would keep them. I always said I had a bad hobby or a bad habit, rather, of keeping my cars. I don't buy and sell. So I've accumulated several very unique and difficult cars to find. But along the way, though, we've certainly picked up several of our Corvettes. And I have my father-in-law to sort of thank for the Corvette spin going back about 13 years when I met him and certainly my wife. And he and I purchased 1954 Corvette together. Together, a project car that we're doing as a father-in-law and son team. I have a 72 all-factory Elkhart Lake Green, T-tops, air conditioning. I love this car. It's one of my daily drivers. Just have an affinity for everything that's involved with the Corvette brand. I'm, I'm hoping myself to get into a C8 in the next uh, year or so. I know they've sold out for 2020, so I'll just happily get in line for 2021. So what Corvette has done for me and my family, and what was done for many families, it's a sports car that's meant to be driven. There's plenty of really great sports cars out there, whether they be European, Japanese, or American. But they stay in garages. They don't get driven. They don't have a lot of storage for your luggage and your golf clubs, etc. And that's what GM has done, what Chevrolet has done for us over these years with Corvette, is it's a driver's car, and I love that about what Corvette does. It's great to hear that you're knee-deep into the Corvette family even before you got your job as president and CEO. That's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> now, the museum, as of June 8th, has been back open. What have you guys been doing during the pandemic there at the National Corvette Museum, kind of behind the scenes? taking care of exhibits and cleaning and stuff like that. Very, very busy. While we were closed to the public, we reported, the essential staff reported every day to work. And we took this time and we used it wisely, as in my mantra. And we have completely renovated several exhibits. 
which I'll talk to you about, as well as what you mentioned, a lot of brand new paint, restroom tiles, new epoxy floors have gone down. This might be the cleanest the National Corvette Museum just has ever been <laughs> because of the opportunity to do all of that being shut down for about 10 weeks. So we kept everybody busy. None of our full-time folks left the payroll. They all stay with us and work in some capacity, whether it be at home or in the building itself. And we have used our time incredibly wisely. And by doing that, we were allowed to open on the first day that the Kentucky governor said we could. We're clean. We're sanitized practicing all the proper measures. We've been very pleased with the traffic so far in the past two and a half weeks. This is an opportunity for you guys to do some sprucing up where you normally would not have been doing that just because of the pandemic. So it's good to hear that everything has got a fresh coat of paint on it, new floors, and everything is clean and ready for visitors to come into the museum. Absolutely. And we also use that time to push ourselves into the virtual world. And that was one of my main focal points when I was, uh, during the interview process was reaching out beyond just the four walls of the museum. Bowling Green might not be accessible to all Corvette fans and enthusiasts across this country and across the globe. So it was on my agenda to do, but the pandemic certainly moved that way up the list. So you know we've launched Fully Vetted, that series that's more geared for adults who already own Corvettes and are passionate about what's behind the wheel under the skin of the Corvette, more of the history of Corvette. And then we have Vet Academy, which was really designed for school-age students who were sort of stuck at home. They were being homeschooled by friends and family, and so we wanted to contribute content. We made a Vet Academy episode every single day, every day during the shutdown, an incredibly arduous task for the amazing marketing and communications team led by Katie Ellison. So we feel great about now our position in the virtual world more than we had before. And I'll end by saying we had a very successful first ever online car show. Over a thousand people contributed their cars to the car show to be judged by some incredible celebrity judges in the Corvette world. And our 2020 bash had to go virtual. And it was a humongous success to reach out to even more participants than could have been here in person. That's amazing because it's difficult to keep in touch with enthusiasts when everybody's stuck at home. So you guys have really done a fantastic job, like you said, with Vet Academy, with Fully Vetted, and then the online car show as well. My hat is off to you, sir. That's really, really great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll pass it on to my staff. Absolutely. We're talking with Sean Preston, the president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. In our second segment, we're going to talk about the future of the National Corvette Museum and how we're going to shape that here on Corvette Today. Hey honey, are you awake? Mmm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. This is the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. 
You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We have with us today, Dr. Sean Preston. Sean is the new president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. And Sean, it's really not new anymore. You've been in the job a full year now, haven't you? Absolutely. It's been a wonderful, wonderful year. Time has flown, but, but again, so thankful to be in the position that I'm in. Let's talk about the National Corvette Museum, the upcoming renovations. What are you going to be doing to freshen up the museum? You've already talked about how you cleaned it. What are some of the plans to keep that museum current in 21st century? A lot. So hang in here. We've got a good list to go through. Okay. So certainly we have our new C8 deliveries. The cars are now rolling back off the assembly line. Kai Spain is doing an amazing job getting that factory fired back up again, producing amazing cars, and they're rolling into our PDI department every single day. So we're back on track delivering cars, and it brings a lot of life to the museum to see these amazing C8 on the boulevard and people taking delivery every couple of hours. So number one uh, car delivery for sure. We've now gone through into the museum and found the areas that needed the most attention. And in my opinion, the performance gallery, it's the circular exhibit about halfway through. It's a tribute to Corvette racing, but it didn't have a lot of interactivity to me. It looked very old and it needed to be revived. So we went out and got an amazing donor, a benefactor, E. Pierce Marshall Jr., who through his father has a love for Corvette and a love for Corvette racing. In fact, Pierce is one of the few I'm told that owns the C5R, C6R, and C7R Corvette race cars. So he's incredibly passionate about all things involving Corvette racing. So Pierce and the museum made an agreement. He's the benefactor and the sponsor of this brand new exhibit. And we started from the ground up, gutted the entire area. We now have the most interactive portion of the museum is the E. Pierce Marshall Memorial Performance Gallery named for his father. We have 11 Corvette race cars, starting with the Corvette SS. Each car has its own interactive kiosk has its own incredibly large screen behind the car, and each guest can manipulate the screen and see real race footage, interviews, stories about the car, and that's for 11 cars. Inside the circle, the inner circle of the performance gallery used to be a small theater, if you recall, and if you've been to the museum recently, we've gutted that. And that's a tribute specifically to Pierce and the C7R. It's in there. It came straight from its last race with the road burn on the car, not been washed even one moment. The graphics from Pratt & Miller describing their work on the car. One of the C7R motors is there. Tommy Milner's race suit is there. So if you are a Corvette race fan, this is an absolutely amazing exhibit. That's really cool. Sean, let's talk more about the Michelin NCM Bash. With it being virtual this year, tell us about how it went. What are some of the aspects that were good that will maybe carry forward as we go into next year and the year after with the NCM Michelin Bash? Absolutely. Well, so we were forced into this virtual world with Bash, so we had every intention of hosting it rather here. The date was set in April. We pushed it to May when the pandemic hit, again, hoping things would clear up in time for that May visit. It did not, and we very quickly, Bryce Perkelow and his entire events team, very quickly sprung into action and created this first-ever NCM Bash. We hired a company out of Nashville to come up and help us with the streaming and the production, and we wanted to make sure that all 717 of our online guests we're able to see and hear the exhibits and the ribbon cutting, get walkthroughs of the museum, be part of the GM seminars and other guest speakers that were sharing in seminars. We were told by many, many, many people that it was an incredible, rather, success, and again, being our very first year. 
So we're going to carry that into future events. We have two big events here. We have the anniversary, which lands around Labor Day. We have Bash, which lands usually in April. So we still are waiting for the proper requirements to have a large group in September for the anniversary celebration. But no matter what level of in-person we can have, we're already preparing to have virtual components for those folks who can't make it, whether it be because of a pandemic or any other reason. And then it'll continue on, I believe, forever with Bash anniversary every year having a virtual component. That's incredible that you had 717 people sign up for this virtual event. What an amazing number. Absolutely. We were thrilled to sit on their computer for eight hours a day for two days and to be engaged, sending questions in as the speakers were speaking, sending in comments about how great that exhibit was that they just saw via a camera person walking through and listening to Derek or myself narrate the exhibit. We were just, again, honored and overwhelmed by the support of our Corvette family. That's amazing. We're talking with Sean Preston, the president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. Coming up in segment three, we're going to look at the calendar and what's on tap for the rest of 2020 and then for 2021. You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. Fact. According to the March of Dimes, 40,000 babies are born each year in the United States with heart defects. At Athletic Testing Solutions, we take that, well, to heart. ATS offers the ATS Heart Check, a series of non-invasive tests to identify possible hidden heart defects in your kid's heart. Frequently, the symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest are masked or misdiagnosed. The ATS Heart Check can help detect congenital heart problems or abnormalities that don't show up during regular checkups or a sports physical. Have you ever wondered about your child's heart health? The ATS Heart Check is a terrific option, and it gives you peace of mind that your child is heart safe. Sudden cardiac arrest claims on average 130 young lives each week. Don't let your kids be a statistic. The ATS Heart Check only takes 20 to 30 minutes and utilizes an EKG and echocardiogram ultrasound of the heart. Visit ATSHeartCheck.com to schedule your child today or call toll-free at 888-537-2597. 888-537-2597. You're listening to the Corvette Today Podcast with Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We have with us today, Dr. Sean Preston, the president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. Sean, thanks again for being here with us today. We have a lot of things that go on at the National Corvette Museum, and I love the event trips, some of the fun things that are on slate during the year for the National Corvette Museum. With the pandemic, talk a little bit more about what is going on through the rest of this year. Absolutely. Yeah, as I mentioned in segment one, being in your Corvette and traveling and being with other Corvette enthusiasts is one of the most amazing aspects of the culture of being in a Corvette. So we try to mirror that at the museum by having events here on site. And we certainly welcome you and your Corvette to be here. We have additional parking and special privileges for those who bring their Corvette to our events. And then, of course, we have activities or events that take you and your Corvette out to other parts of this amazing country. So we'll talk about a couple of those. We have two events left this year that are on-site events, the 26th anniversary celebration and Hall of Fame induction. That is scheduled to be the very first part of September. Uh, we're hoping that that is still an in-person event. We are still waiting for, for clarification, as many states are, as to how large groups can be. But we are planning for it, and we'll have more information as soon as we possibly can. There will be a, a virtual component uh, as well, as I mentioned in segment two, so that will be uh, available for those who can't make the trip. And then vets and vets. We're very passionate about those who have served this amazing country, and many of those individuals came back from their service, their tours, and perched to court. 
or they purchased a Corvette before they left and put it in their garage and thought about it while they were away and could wait to get back. So I've heard plenty of stories about vets and their connection to Corvettes. So we have a Vets and Vets event. Typically, it's in November. That, again, will be a little bit dependent on the Veterans Day Parade and Bowling Green can have that. So unfortunately, like many places, up in the air as to when and how it will look. But again, for 2020, what's left is 26th anniversary celebration and Vets and Vets. I was really impressed talking with somebody at the NCM Michelin Bash last year about a trip that the National Corvette Museum did to Le Mans. They spent a whole week at Le Mans. <laughs> that was amazing. I didn't even know that you guys did that. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about that? I can. And I have a little extra heartburn because I was supposed to leave the trip this month. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Until it got moved to September, and then Corvette pulled out, as you know, this year from the race. So we were supposed to spend uh, 10 amazing days in Britain and France. The first part of the trip was sort of sightseeing of the U.K., mostly in the London area, and then take a train over to Paris, spend a few days in Paris, and then down to Le Mans to watch the actual race. And we had real seats, like uh, in a grandstand, like, undercover, watching the cars and getting access to the drivers and all the Corvette stuff that happens around there. So my wife and I were set to lead that trip this year. We are set to lead that trip in 2021. And, yes, I agree with you. The Le Mans trip is going to be amazing. If you're a Corvette owner, Sean, do you have to be a member of the museum to take and participate in these drives and events? No, you do not. They do receive a discount on registration, so there's certainly a benefit to being a member. And most of the people that are on these trips are typically members. Again, not saying that you have to be, but you'll find that a vast majority of those are. And, and those trips include the annual Tale of the Dragon, which is typically in September. It's an amazing, windy road for you and your Corvette. The Branson Experience, we're going to Missouri in September. The National Parks Tour, which I can't wait to get in line for. They visit four or five national parks beginning out in Arizona also in September, and then the very popular One Lap of Kentucky, where we take four consecutive weeks, each trip is uh, Tuesday through Saturday, if you will, and we're led by uh, Kentucky State Police Troopers, and he puts uh, lights on top of his Corvette, and we really go very fast down the highways behind the Corvette police car, if you will, and visit the highlights of Kentucky in those five days. Now, that sounds like a good time, especially with a policeman leading the way. Yes, going very quickly in a line of about 20 Corvettes behind a police officer who's also in a Corvette is a sight to behold. There's all just walkie-talkies in the cars. So we can all communicate with each other. It's a pretty amazing event. I'm leading one of those weeks this year, and it always sells out. So and everything I mentioned sells out very quickly. So if you're thinking about a museum in motion, which is what we call that, where the museum goes out into the country with Corvettes behind it, if you will, or part of it, they sell out very quickly. So if you like anything you've heard today or hop on the website, Take a look, contact Bryce, and get your name on the list as soon as you can. Sean, let's talk a little bit more about how a person can become a member of the National Corvette Museum and the different levels of participation. Absolutely. Well, we are blessed to be one of the largest automotive museum membership base out there. I mean, we have 38,000 members of this museum, and that just makes my heart sing every time I think about that number. It tells me that the hobby of owning a Corvette is live and well and the National Corvette Museum, we believe, is the epicenter. Uh, with the plant across the street from us, we are the epicenter of all things Corvette. So there's memberships for individuals, families, businesses, and Corvette clubs. There are annual memberships, and then there are lifetime memberships. It's about $50 a year starting for the annual membership. It is tax-deductible because it's considered a donation as we are a 501c3. There's free museum admission, discount on store purchases, discounts on NCM registration for events, 
discounted NCM insurance agency policies, lots of great benefits for a pretty low price being a member of the museum. Donations play a large part of the National Corvette Museum, whether it's monetary or even a car. Can we talk a little bit more about that? How can someone donate to the museum? You know, I have to tell you, being the president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, our Corvette ambassador for the museum always talks about smile.amazon.com. You get a half a percent of anything that you purchase from Amazon goes to a charity of choice, and mine is the National Corvette Museum. Well, thank you for that. Yes, that is true. That's an amazing opportunity to thank Amazon for that. So please consider linking us to your charity of choice when you go to smile.amazon.com. So many people are purchasing things through Amazon, especially during the shutdown more than ever. And we would love to be the beneficiary of that charitable giving through Amazon. People do donate, as you mentioned, actual cars, Corvettes, and Corvette items. As a 501c3, you receive the tax benefit for the value of what you donated to the museum. And then the museum certainly has lots of uses for all of these items. I do get a question often about cars, so I'll take a second and talk about how that works. Any car could be donated to the museum. Not all cars, though, will be part of the collection. And part of Derek Moore, the curator, and his team will determine if the car you're wanting to donate to the museum is a car that will go into the collection. Or, as many people understand, we will sell that car, and then the proceeds will come straight to the museum as a donation. We must wait three years to sell any car that's given to us, no matter if you want us to sell it or not. That's part of the rules of being a 501c3 in a museum. But people need to know and should know that not all cars will end up in the collection, but we will take any Corvette and we will flip it into a sale, which only benefits the museum monetarily. That's really cool. I didn't even realize that that's part of the 501c3 setup. Yeah, no, we're real excited about that. We receive a lot of cars. And in fact, this past year, I'm really proud to share that we have received more notable Corvette car donations in this year than ever before. Over a million dollars of cars have ended up here at the museum. Very rare prototypes that people have in their collection that believe the National Corvette Museum is the absolute final destination for this amazing machine. So we've seen a huge uptick and amazing cars being donated and they're set to be on display. Sean, if someone wants to get in touch with the National Corvette Museum, what's the website? What's the email? How can people reach out to the NCM? Absolutely. So CorvetteMuseum.org is our main website. We, it's actually going through a complete overhaul, so it's certainly up and running now. In a couple of months, Katie's team will have the website, new and refreshed look, up and running for everybody. They have a contact page on the website with email addresses for all key staff. I have told my staff we respond to emails from our members and our guests as quickly as possible. I get four or five or six emails a day from members and guests just asking questions, and I always reply. So everybody here at the museum, we love our members, we love our visitors, we love our guests, we love everybody that's associated with the museum, and we would love nothing more than to see you and your families here as soon as you can get here. Sean, thank you so much for being with me today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sean Preston, Dr. Sean Preston, the president and CEO of the National Corvette Museum. Sean, thanks again for being our guest on Corvette Today, the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to our flagship sponsor, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City at ChevyUSA.com. And thank you for tuning in to Corvette Today. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.